God made each of us, whether male or female, for a purpose. Do you believe that? That's what we're going to be talking about today on Love God First. Welcome back, listeners. So glad that you've joined me today. I have kind of an interesting thing to talk to you about today, uh, the way God views things. It's going to go directly against what the world is saying, and it's not opinion, it's biblical. So buckle up. Here we go. I'm going to talk about God making them male and female from Genesis 1:27. So before we do that, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. We would be people of the word always, living it out, applying it to our lives. Lord, your word feeds us, feeds our very soul. So give us insight today on how to live out this important verse, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Genesis 1:27. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So this verse... I have flown by it for many years as a Christian, but it's just really interesting how the Lord knew that we would need it at this time in our history. I just think that's fascinating that certain verses come up when we need them in our attention, in our minds. We, we see them in a new way, and that's kind of what's happened with this one. Did you notice on that verse three times the word created, that bara word is used? And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And we have talked a lot about that word, but I just want to remind us that it means something new, something new and wonderful at creation, which God himself did. And this is applying to these two genders, male and female. And by the way, notice there's only two. So biblically, there's only two genders. There's male, there's female. And this was done before sin, before the brokenness and fallenness of the world that we're going to see in chapter 3. And so it was very good. In fact, verse 31 says, God saw that all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. So having two genders, male and female, is very good. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Now, because of sin in the fall, there may be gender confusion now. In fact, there's a lot of that that we see, especially with young people. First, I want to talk about experts. So experts in their fields. So experts are telling us now that there are more than two genders. So can experts be wrong? I have two examples in my life of experts and dealing with them. So one time it was when I was Oh, many years ago, a couple decades ago, and I was sick. I, I had had a cough. And so I went to the doctor and said, you know, I have this really bad cough. It seems to be getting worse. And she looks at, you know, does the, does the whole checkup. And she says, yeah, you've got allergies. You've got a cold. Looks like there's some mucus, you know, running down the back of your throat. Sorry to get graphic. That's kind of gross. But, you know, this is what's happening. And so you're, you're just, just take some antihistamines. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I went home. And the cough got worse, got worse and worse. So I went back to another doctor then, a second doctor. And she said, well, let's take an x-ray. So she took an x-ray and she said, okay, you've got pneumonia. It's either regular pneumonia or walking pneumonia. And I was like, okay. I kept coughing and coughing and coughing and getting worse. So then I was like, well, I guess I'm going to go to another doctor. This time I went to a lung specialist and he did some blood tests and did some listening to my lungs and everything. He said, you know what? Actually, you've got whooping cough. That's what you've got. 
And it was three months of going through that before I finally landed on a diagnosis. Those people were smart. They were experts in their field, but they missed it. The first two totally missed it and misdiagnosed me. So that was an example of a couple of experts being wrong. I have another example. When we had a Volvo, we kept having these problems with the electrical system going out. And you know, and it was always happened when I was like pregnant or alone with one of my children in the middle of like a desolate area without any help. This this happened regularly where the car would just stop working and I'd have to pull over on the freeway. It was horrible, horrible. So we, of course, took our car to the mechanic. He's like, oh, well, we got to fix this. We got to replace this. So we fixed and replaced it. And it kept happening. So he's like, okay, well, it's this other thing, which I can't remember all the technical terms, but we took the Volvo several times to the mechanic. And, you know, he never figured out what was happening to that thing. And finally, one day when my husband was driving it over the Narrows Bridge in Tacoma, it just totally burned out. The engine just decided that it had had enough with life and it killed itself and it died. And so then we, the, the time was over with the Volvo. But, but my point is that mechanic never figured out what it was. He never knew. And he was an expert. He was a particularly good mechanic for Volvo. Like he, his specialty was Volvos and he could not figure out what that problem was. So can experts be wrong? Yes, they can be. Experts can be wrong. Doctors, mechanics, teachers, and yes, gender studies professors can be wrong. And you know what? I can be wrong too. And so can you. I remember this other time when we were living in Washington and we had ants in our kitchen and they were coming in, I don't even know from where, and they were all over our countertop. They were just everywhere. And so I said to my husband, okay, we have got to get a guy in here and have him spray because we have to get rid of these ants. They're disgusting. Ants hate ants. So we spent all this money on a guy coming out to spray our house. And I was like, this is going to be it. This is going to be the solution. We didn't have a lot of money. I didn't care. We were going to get rid of these ants. And so we sprayed, and guess what? It didn't work. I was wrong. I, I sh was sure we needed an expert ant guy to come and fix the ant problem, and it did absolutely nothing. The ants were still around. And I remember going, oh, I was wrong about that. I thought that would work. I, I didn't know that that wouldn't work, and I was so shocked that I was wrong. So, so if, if everyone can be wrong... Well, who do I trust? Well, trust God. Trust what he says about you in the Bible. The Lord is above all human opinion and experts. He's above all. Isaiah 53, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't it comforting? So what if I feel some confusion about my gender or if I know someone who does? And that you may not be in that category, but you might know someone you might know someone who struggles with that. Well, confusion, you know, that's a human frailty. We all get confused. We all wonder about certain things. It's also a tactic of the devil. It's not how God works, though. In fact, in 2 Timothy 1.8, I just love how the King James Version says this. Paul is talking to Timothy here, and he says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Isn't that beautiful? a sound mind. God does not lead us with confusion. Think of the one of the names of Jesus. He's the light of the world. So if I'm in the dark room having no idea which way to go, 
light is going to show me the safe route, the, the true route, the route through the furniture. And so I don't bonk my knee, right? Light is a good thing. And it shows me where to go. It shows me how to get through. That's what Jesus does. Confusion is not from God. In fact, if you think about that for a second, God, he doesn't make us one way biologically with our gender and then mess with our heads by making us think we're something else. That is cruel. That is so cruel. He would not do that. He's good. But do you know who would do that? The devil. He totally would love to do that. If he can mess with people and get them so confused about who they are in their own bodies, how can they be worried about reaching people for Jesus? They won't. They'll be totally absorbed in problems of their own, in their own kind of life and world. Of course, that's what he wants. Okay, so what if I feel some confusion about my gender or if I know someone else who does? What's another point? Well, feelings. Feelings are real, not reliable. This is my second point. Feelings are real, but not reliable. We can't trust them. Okay, they don't always tell us the truth. They're up, they're down, they're sideways. Okay, feelings are a symptom. Now, do I ignore them? Absolutely not. Feelings are telling me, okay, there's a problem, something's going on. Okay, they're a symptom. But here's the question, what's the underlying root? Why is that feeling there? What assumptions have I made? How have I agreed with something or someone that has made me doubt myself? And by the way, this doesn't just apply to gender confusion. This applies to all confusion and brokenness. If you are a person who's struggling with like how, if there's just some area in your life where it's just broken or it's a weak area or a struggle, it's true. It's true about feelings. Feelings are not the way through. They don't, we don't get led by our feelings. That's, that's a bad way to live, bad way to live. Why? Because they can betray us and they can be wrong. They can be one way, one day and another thing, another day. They're just up and down, like I said. So what do we do? Well, we ask the Lord to show us the answers. Like, Lord, have I agreed with something or someone that has made me doubt who I am, who you've made me? What, what have I assumed about, about certain things that aren't true? Let me give you an example of that. So when I was seven, my parents were divorced and they both lived in California and my dad, you know, obviously moved out. He remarried and moved to Washington state. And then my mom took my brother and me and moved in with her sister in Las Vegas. So I, I felt pretty abandoned by my dad for many years. And then about when I was about 18 or 19, we had this conversation where I was saying, you know, you left me. And he said, I didn't leave you. Your mom moved away first. I was going to stay in that area and be near you. And your mom took your brother and you and moved away. And then I moved up to Washington. Do you know, I did not know that. That changed everything for me. I had made an assumption and believed a lie that had a little bit of amount of truth in it because he did move to Washington. But when did he do it? Did he do it first or after and he had done it after. And I tell you, that had ruled over me and affected me and my decisions for years, years. Our minds are powerful. We can get a hold of something, whether it's true or not, and we can believe it and let it, inf- let it form us. You know, a lie doesn't need to be true to be powerful. It just needs to be believed. Gary Gadini said that. He's a great pastor in, in California. So do you know someone who has believed a lie about gender identity or, you know, or about anything else in their life for that matter? 
you know, this is why we need the Lord to transform our minds. We absolutely have to have it. So Romans 12, 2 says, Paul, Paul, the apostle says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, let me, let me define that word conformed for a second. Do not be conformed to this world. What does that mean? It means it's assuming a similar outward form by following the same pattern or mold. Let me say that again. It's assuming a similar outward form by following the same pattern or mold. And isn't that just what we're talking about with gender? It's our outward form. Isn't that kind of cool that this verse just speaks right into that? Don't be conformed to this world. Don't follow that same pattern or mold that people are telling you, hey, this is what you are now. No, we don't have to do that because the Bible says to be transformed, not conformed, transformed, changed by the renewing of your mind. And the rest of that verse says that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Do you notice the the surety of that. Like if you can prove what the will of God is, you know, you know who you are, you know who God is and you know what his will is. There's no confusion. So being transformed by the renewing of your mind. So ask the Lord, ask him to show you where you've believed a lie, where you've been mistaken. Look, he not only calls us out of the world, he calls us out of the sway and the influence of our feelings, right? He can deal with this and you can ask the Holy Spirit to break the power of these lies that you've believed in in certain areas. But go to him and ask. He will tell you. Okay, third, God made each of us, either male or female, for a purpose. Okay, so let's listen to David in Psalm 139. This is verse 13. It says, For you formed me, formed my inward parts, you weave me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And guess what? That includes gender. And then a little bit later down, it says, wonderful are your works. So again, meaning us, meaning you, you're wonderful to Jesus. And then verse 16 says, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. And in your book, they were all written. The days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. So based on this psalm by David, the Lord made each of us particularly, including our biological gender. Look, there are things that you can do that only you can do, and your gender is a part of that. But I'm going to say something that's going to blow your mind, though. Gender has everything and it has nothing to do with our calling. Do you realize that? I know that sounds strange, but I'm just going to read you a verse in Galatians 3. It says, This is Paul again. He says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So there's no question of how, like first and foremost, we are all equal in Christ. There's no upstanding person in in any kind of profession or ethnicity or gender. We are all the same level, I guess, in in Jesus. We're all the same, the same equality level. And the Lord's going to minister to us, whether or through us, no matter if we're a guy or a girl, no matter, he will. He has people for us to reach. But it also means everything. What does that mean? When I said, if 
it has everything and nothing to do with with our calling, the everything part. There are aspects of our gender that can accentuate our calling. There are natural ways you can relate to certain people. There, it's just we're made in certain ways as a male and a female that we're going to minister differently. So it, it does matter. So it's kind of both. Isn't that strange? But look, if you or someone you know is asking if their body is the right or wrong gender, that's the wrong question. Here's the right question. Am I doing what God has called me to do using the gifts he has given me and persevering long enough to bear all the fruit he has planned for me to bear? I'm going to say that question again. Am I doing what God has called me to do using the gifts he's given me and persevering long enough to bear all the fruit he has planned for me to bear? That is the question. Let me tell you something sobering. According to Psychology Today, there was a study released that says transgender surgery offers no mental health boost. In fact, the demand for mental health services increases after surgery for years after. So people have more anxiety after surgery. Did you know that transgenderism, that group of people has the highest suicide rate of any people group in the world? I mean, how sad for these dear people who are just struggling through and trying to make sense of their lives. They're precious people who need Jesus and they're just thinking, well, I'm just going to change the outside part and everything on the inside will be fixed. It's like, that's, that's not working. Just from this, from the suicide rate alone, it's not working. So what's the solution? Well, the solution is to trust God with our biological gender and then go on with Jesus to get as many people saved, discipled, and into the kingdom of God as possible. I mean, this is a battlefield, people. We have only a limited amount of time before we die to win people to Christ. Remember from the last podcast, our body is a shell. Okay, we are eternal spirits, and everyone is going on after they're finished here on earth with or without Jesus, and we want them to be with Jesus without their bodies. I mean, their bodies, we're going to get a new body. So this is a really complicated topic. It's really sensitive, but the Bible's clear, two genders, two genders. But you know what? They're beautiful and good. I'm so grateful that I'm a woman. I'm so grateful. I really am. It's, it's a blessing. And I'm thankful for the way the Lord's made me. I, I'm wonderful to him. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And I, I'm so thankful. So male and female, he created them and it was very good. It was very good. So today, are you struggling in that area of your life? Or do you know someone? I'll bet you know someone. If you're a person under the age of 25, you probably know several like at work or college or school, you probably know know people that are struggling with this. And there probably will be more since we're really pushing this in schools and stuff now. There's probably just going to be more and more people and we have to have answers. We have to have just the sweet fragrance of Jesus to be able to say there's another way. There's a way that's true and that will heal your heart and that will solidify who you are as a man or a woman. It will be an anchor to your soul is what it'll be. And that's through Jesus Christ. So today, let's just pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for making us the way you made us. Lord, we all have broken areas of our lives where we we wish we were stronger in certain areas. We wish we didn't struggle, but we do. 
And so we run to you in those places in our lives where they're broken, they're hurt, they're, they're weak. Lord, places where we're confused. But I just pray the clear, sound mind of the Lord God Almighty over every person who's listening. Thank you, Lord, for bringing clarity, for transforming us with your word, for renewing our minds. And so we just thank you for it, male and female. The blueprint you made is right and good. We thank you for that, Lord. And we embrace our biological selves. Thank you for how you made our bodies. And I just pray for those who struggle with that. Would you show them the way through, show them the underlying root, the assumptions they've made, break the lies in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come minister to people. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, don't forget to click the like button and subscribe to our podcast and share with a friend. And if you have questions about Genesis that I haven't answered yet, feel free to email me at lovegodfirstpodcast at gmail.com. That's lovegodfirstpodcast at gmail.com.